When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to Great Takes Less Filling by The Daily Gopher. I'm Chris, go away you fur. With me this week is Ustreet. Well this week it's MJ Ustreet Anderson, who had a hell of a game, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely balled out, and is, is my pick for, for overall overall winner of the week. With a, with a special shout out to, I guess, last four minutes of the game, Bryce Williams. Yeah, he really turned it up at the end. I just want to call out real quick. It must be nice to be Scott Frost and to have to look at, you know, your career at Nebraska so far and go, hey, if it wasn't for the fact that P.J. Fleck waited an extra week to fire Rob Smith, I could be 0-4 against P.J. Fleck right now. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Couldn't have him to a nicer guy. Yeah, I mean – Really just such a, a class act, um, always, you know, making little snide comments about dumb things and just really successfully leading the program through one score games, as as you would hope uh, in year four against as, as a Nebraska head coach. Can I point out this is not a one score game? Like I know it finished, the game <laughs> finished 30 to 23, but it is not a one score game when you are down two scores and score once in garbage time. Yeah, and to be fair, I mean, you, Minnesota doesn't run the flea flicker. A uh, couple other things. Like, I'm not going to play a Tim Beckman here, but this is clearly a game where Minnesota outplayed Nebraska, and frankly, there were points points left floating out there in the ether that uh, could have made this very much not a one-score game. Yeah, I would not say that the second half was covered in glory for either team. Oh no, clear. that was that but was the, that was possibly one of the worst second halves we watched in a while. But the first half was, I think, quite clearly dominating performance by Minnesota. Tanner Morgan looked like back in the 2019 era. Tanner Morgan against Purdue, he had one one drop is the only reason why he's not perfect in the first half. And I would note that it is not all that surprising that Tanner Morgan performed very well when he was making quick short passes, in, quick intermediate passes, reads and goes, getting him in the rhythm, uh, having wide receiver trees that made sense, getting Chris Ottman the ball a lot. Weirdly, Tanner Morgan looks like a pretty good quarterback in that situation. He had some phenomenal throws. The touchdown pass to Michael Brown-Stevens was chef's kiss good. So it's not as if he can't make really good throws. Tanner Morgan obviously can throw a football better than I will ever be able to throw a football and could probably do it better with his like not throwing hand. But there are clear things in an offensive scheme for which Tanner Morgan is really good at. And in the first half, they ran a lot of those things. And then the second half came around, and they decided, like, nah. Well, the thing is, too, is some of those harder throws, my impression has always been, you know, seeing him at his best and seeing him at not his best, that when Tanner is able to utilize short throws 
um, quick routes, you know, get the ball out of his hand um, in a fashion that allows him to feel a rhythm, that's when he dials in and throws better long balls. That's when he drops dimes in the end zone. If you are asking him to do a lot of delayed play action, slow developing, that's when his – look, he's a, he's a good quarterback, but he is not – a first-round draft quarterback. He's not going to make all the throws unless he's in that place where he's really in his rhythm. And you, that's what you see in the second half. You start asking him to do some things where he just – it's not his game. Just let him play his game, and Tanner Morgan is going to win you football, win you football games. Like, it's just let him play the way he's best at, which frankly negates other problems that Minnesota sometimes has with offensive line and – you know, we're running into our deep into our depth at running back. Why not run a game plan that allows you to utilize what you do best, honestly? And they, to, to Mike Sanford Jr., Jr.'s credit and BJ Flex credit, they did that in the first half. I would have been a lot happier if they did more of it in the second half, but uh, I, this is certainly superior to not doing it all and losing to Bowling Green. Yeah, absolutely. Admittedly, the two interceptions that Morgan threw, the second one was absolutely... Oh, that was garbage. That was, that was a horrible was a terrible throw. throw. And the first one, I think, is probably also on him in the sense that I don't know exact... He saw Mike Brown-Stevens late and was just trying to make a was trying to make a hero play. The Gophers did attempt to run a, as you mentioned, a flea flicker that was the most complicated flea flicker I've ever seen. It was sort of like a triple op- option flea flicker, which surprisingly enough did not work. To be clear, I actually liked that play. I didn't like the context of it. I didn't think that was the time to run that play. Um, you know, they, there was a, a block too. Yeah, and it was a corner blitz, so I can understand that. Like, that's not exactly where he's used to picking up. But when you're the lone man on the end of the line and the other guy is taken, you don't go looking. He looked inside first. You don't look inside first. You look outside. He looks outside. He at least chips. Uh, that um, I think it was Cam Taylor Britt chips uh, the, the the blissing defensive back, and you know potentially that play is able to succeed because the Brevin Span Ford was wide open uh, downfield yes. on that play. So yes, he was. You know, as a as a play call, I don't hate it. As in the abstract, in the context of where they were, they were moving the ball while running the ball. They were moving the ball, the ball while passing the ball. Just do what you're doing. You have absolutely no reason to pull out tricks at that point. You're dominating Nebraska by just playing your football. Keep playing your football. Um, yeah. Outside that, that's the that's that's really. I mean, I, I would have loved to see that flea flicker come out against Iowa or someone else. Yeah. You know? Well, and I think certainly too. There, I think you are also articulating this in terms of, in terms of thinking about playing your football in that situation. Is it's not that tricks trickeration is bad per se. It's that not only do you not need it in that situation, if you see like what Nebraska is doing, you know, coming with that corner blitz at that period of time, coming off that coverage. Well, that's just a, you can take your quick seven to ten yards there. Yeah. Check take your take your quick seven to ten and just keep moving the ball down the field. Probably results in another touchdown, and then you get your equivalent kill shot for the game, but you also take more time off the clock. And if there is one thing that PJ Flex seems to enjoy, it is taking time off the clock. Yeah, I mean there was a point in the first half where it 
sincerely looked like Nebraska might not get seven minutes of possession in the first half. I think they ended up with like eight and a half, nine, but which is certainly by no means good. Um, but it was really looking for a while like they might just get nothing, essentially. And uh, just stick with that, you know. And I think that's something Minnesota has the opportunity to um, really work on over the next couple of weeks. You know, at, at this point, you're looking at uh, a, a series of games where you could really line up some wins coming into Iowa, but you can't get back to doing just doing things that Minnesota shouldn't be doing. Uh, stick with the game plan that works and make this a 2019 run when you're just going out and you're beating Rutgers, you know, by 52 or 48 or whatever we beat them by 19, you know, you're beating uh, Illinois by 35. Like if you just run the thing you do well, just do it and get yourself tuned up, ready, uh, hopefully completely healthy for uh, Iowa um, and go from there. Now, unfortunately, I think we've probably proven at this point that uh, this is not a 2019 Minnesota squad, obviously. And uh, they might win ugly uh, a couple of the remaining games. Uh, but this is certainly a good enough Minnesota team, clearly on both sides of the ball, uh, to be able to handle the next three teams, to get, or I should say, to get wins over the next three games. Um, they just need to do what they do and, and take them one at a time. I absolutely agree. Also, to be frank, one of the things that is true under the P.J. Fleck regime is that Minnesota should be in a situation every single year to be competing for a Big Ten West championship. I'm not saying they should be the favorite, but I mean competing. And this year, outside of Iowa, who also might not be very good either, I mean, that offense is heinous. Their defense is just balling out and is the reason why they're in the position there. No one in the Big Ten West is very good. No inclusive of the <laughs> University of Minnesota, because, again, the University of Minnesota lost to Bowling Green this year. Oh, God. <laughs> I will say the other thing that, that I thought from this game going forward, but just focusing on the game, I thought that Minnesota's defense played fantastically well. They gave up some kind of frustrating chunk plays, and so there were times where Nebraska got the better of them. Maybe it was a misadjustment, occasional missed tackle here and there. Uh, there was perhaps some benefit to the fact that Adrian Martinez has a tendency to maybe not hit throws he should probably hit. It happened once or twice in this game. But overall, I thought the defense played very, very strongly. They're phenomenal in the first half. As I mentioned, I thought MJ Anderson had a heck of a game. Uh, but all of the defensive ends, you know, Big O getting a safety, uh, Boy Mafe, a lot of disruption, a lot of pressure, MJ Anderson, a lot of disruption, a lot of pressure, multiple uh, knockdown balls at the line that prevented definitely chunk plays, if not very big gains from NJ Anderson. I thought they harassed Martinez very well. So I thought they did a really good job there. I thought that the linebacking crew did pretty well. Jack Gibbons had a nice game. Marion Asori Marin had a nice game. Braylon Oliver had a, had a couple solid plays here and there. I am very high on the long-term future of Justin Whaley. I think he has had a great season so far, especially from what I expected from the defensive backcourt. And to be clear, I expected basically nothing from them. So low bar, but he is clearing it. I think that that, that is the thing that will need to happen because it's not necessarily clear to me that Minnesota's offense can give you 30 points a game. In 2019, I was pretty confident that against just about everyone, Minnesota's offense could give you 30 points a game. And so you just needed the defense to put that number in below 30. 
This year, I think the defense really basically has to say, we're only going to give up, you know, 21 points. That's our number. Maybe yeah. Minnesota's offense can get 24. But and if, if in an ideal world, I, I, even better would be, you know, holding it to 17, I'd say. But that's, I mean, if you're getting a defense that's holding teams to consistently under 17, God, you better win the damn division. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I mean, I think the first half of this, you know, Nebraska gets a, Nebraska gets a garbage time touchdown to make this a one score game, which means that it gets to add to the very silly statistic about Scott Frost not being able to win one score games. Which, because it involves something that is not great for Scott Frost, is hilarious. And I am totally in favor of that statistic and don't think it's a ridiculously stupid aggregate. However, in this game, you know, 16 points is a really good number for that defense. Against a team, Nebraska's a talented, they have talent on that team. They are also 3-5 and five and 1-4 and four in the conference, but they have talent on the team. They did lose to Illinois, but they have talent on the team. Scott Frost is still their head coach, but they have talent on the team. 16 points going forward is is a great mark if they could hit that. And it's something against Maryland, Northwestern, and Illinois absolutely should be what this defense is pushing for. I actually like what Northwestern has chosen to do with mixing in the option, uh, frankly. Um, it's a shame that, you know, Scott Frost probably won't be around long enough to keep implementing it. And by shame, I mean joyful, hilarious laughter uh, inducing uh, outcomes. We are excited, uh, as the blog, to announce the return of Homefield Apparel as a podcast sponsor. Uh, not familiar with Homefield? Uh, they're going to have stuff that you love to wear. Comfortable gear, cool vintage designs. Uh, everyone on the blog freaking loves this stuff. You may recall from the pod earlier this summer how, how over the moon we were that they were uh, finally releasing Minnesota stuff. Nothing makes us happier than great gopher gear. So if you want some of your own, use the code DAILYGOPHER during checkout at homefieldapparel.com for 15% off your first purchase with the good brand. That is code DAILYGOPHER at homefieldapparel.com. This is a fun game. Ugly in the second half, but a fun game. Yeah, I think, and the other, as mentioned earlier, I, uh, especially because on some level I was surprised that Bryce Williams was out at the end. I thought, especially, you know, during the game they were playing with Bucko Irving and Kai Thomas as the kind of primary. Almost exclusively. And Bryce Williams, when he came in, I mean, he, did, he had been coming in on the sort of Cole Kramer, Bryce Williams package thing. They threw out of that, got a touchdown to Brevin Span Ford, which is very exciting. Several years late for my prediction that Brevin Span Ford is going to get all the touchdowns, but nonetheless, not better. That so that was that was cool. But I generally Bryce Williams, when he's come in, has been very much this is a passing down. We want someone who we think can be a better blocker, and that's kind of what he's come in during the season. So to come in at the very end, reel off a massive, really solid run to ice the game, you know, fifty plus to score at the end there, and then also to have several big runs, not only big chunk plays, but to extend extend the game, get first downs, and then finish the game based on based on a first down play was was fantastic. So I'm very happy for Bryce Williams. I thought by and large that the offensive line did a, a solid job blocking. I thought 
that they didn't miss too often, as has been the case. And so hopefully that synergy will continue. I still hate the eight offensive linemen packages, but that's because I think when you recruit 3,000 wide receivers, you should put some of them on the field. I will say after spending, you know, a minute and a half of Scotty podcast actively campaigning against the uh, Cole Kramer, uh, the Cole Cat, uh, I will say um, I did think for most of the time they ran it, it was a much better executed slash chosen, uh, choosing when to execute. Uh, they still go back to it more than they need to, and I really wish they would pick their spots a little better. But um, passing out of it, you know, great call. Uh, to a tight end of all people, even better. And, uh, you know, there are just other times where he, he is a talented runner. Right? There's nothing you can take away from that. Uh, but all in all, I'd say I was much happier with how they deployed the uh, Colcat. Uh, package uh, against Nebraska than I have been in previous weeks. Fingers crossed to continue to prove it because there's still room to not run it quite as much. Absolutely. I think as a very, as a very minor bit, you know, kind of closing this out and kind of thinking forward that one of the things that I was happy they did is they finally threw a pass from that because I am a, a huge believer in as many options as you can put, as many tags as you can put on a play, great. But if every single time that play call comes out, it is Cole Kramer running to the right, (laughs) not ideal. So I think expanding that package, giving it more, but it's also just the kind of general, if you put a quarterback in the backfield running the option, have the ability to throw off it. Make a defense not be able to stack seven or eight in the box and then let Cole Kramer, who has turned into a pretty talented runner for what he's been given to do, be successful. I think that is a totally reasonable thing to continue. I don't know what the heck is wrong with the third quarter. I don't know oh, if they need yeah. to do some sort of weird ritual to exercise the demons of stupidity that shows up in the third quarter. But that is also going forward, certainly for next week against Maryland. The third quarter cannot be this completely anemic performance on both sides of the ball because that will that will be a problem and it will certainly be a problem against teams that are able to hit their spots which nebraska again fortunately probably missed a couple of situations where they could have hit and they didn't in this game and that's to be fair there's a reason why nebraska is three and five on the season and one and four in conference play and minnesota is four and two and also lost to bowling green Neither one of these teams are, oh man, that team's really good. So in some sense, all of these games are going to be who makes fewer mistakes. Going forward, Minnesota cannot afford to keep having these third quarters of just absolute awfulness. To cleansing the third quarter. Indeed. That is the toast to end this pod. All right, friends, uh, go enjoy yourself a wonderful victory Saturday. We, of course, will be back next week with another edition of the SkyU podcast, so look for that. In the meantime, go Gophers. SkyU Ma, row the boat.